How do you help your husband with his phone use? What do you do if your husband is on his phone all the time? How can I make my husband stop looking at his phone so much? I want to have more discussions about our family screen use with my husband, but I'm not sure how. I get these questions all the time, which is why today I have Chelsea Liaga, a couples therapist, here to discuss how you can help your husband with his phone use. Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. I'm so excited. We have Chelsea here today. And will you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, Chelsea? Yes. My name is Chelsea Liaga, or my friend, the therapist on Instagram. And I'm a couples therapist. And I, yeah, work with couples a lot. I do a little bit of work with individuals too, but couples are my favorite because, you know, when you can heal someone's relationship with their spouse, you heal a whole family and a whole community. And it's just something I'm so passionate about. I live in Arizona. I'm married to my husband, Spencer. We have a two-year-old daughter. I used to be a special ed teacher. Now I'm a therapist. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Thank you so much. And this is why I thought you were the perfect person to come help us with this topic of helping your spouse with their phone use. It's one of the most common questions that I get of how to help your husband with their phone use. So I just want to start off with asking that question. How can someone help their husband with their phone habits? Yeah, I think that anytime you're trying to get someone else to change, there's a few things to keep in mind. Like one, you can't change other people. Nobody can do that. You can encourage, you can invite, you can show an example, but you can't literally go into their body and keep their thumbs from tapping on Instagram or Reddit or I don't know, ESPN, like I'm, we're thinking of husbands. <laughs> you can <laughs> hop in their body, change their thoughts, right? And keeping that in mind of like, what's on the list of things you can control, things on the list of what you can't control is going to give you a lot more peace. Because I think that's why this is such a huge issue is people feel so much resentment usually towards their spouse, or they feel lonely or sad that their spouse is on their phone so much. And they have a lot of thoughts about it that bring a lot of emotions but really, end of the day, you can't hop in their body and, and change what they're doing. So I guess my answer is you can't change your spouse's phone use. You can definitely have a conversation with them about it. And we can go deeper into like how to have a good conversation about that. But I love, are you familiar with Stephen R. Covey? Yes. Yeah. His work is awesome. So in his book, he has a diagram and imagine like three circles like a bullseye so in the very center circle is what you can control the next circle is what you can influence and then outside of that is stuff that's out of your influence and control and your spouse's phone use is in the what you can influence category mm. but it's not in the what you can control category so stuff you can control is like your phone use mm. your thoughts about your partner's phone use your emotions about your partner's phone use, your reaction to their phone use. 
how you could influence your partner's phone use. And we can go, you know, deeper into all this. I don't want to like dive too quick, too fast, but you can influence, you know, how you talk to your partner about their phone use or how you react to it. You could influence by telling them how you feel when they pull their phone out, like when you're having a discussion and then things that are outside of your influence or control is like the algorithm and how addictive social media is or the things that pop up on your partner's phone. Like there's nothing you can do to control that technology in general, the world's uh, reliance on technology. Like that's something you can't control or influence. So we want to spend like zero percent of our time worrying about that. 10% of our effort and time worrying about things we can influence and 90% of our time and effort on stuff we can control. That was such a helpful diagram and then specific examples. Thank you so much. So let's dive into the influence point of how mm-hmm. we can influence our spouse's phone use. Do you have any tips on that? Yeah, I think something that could be really helpful is just having a discussion together as a couple of like, what do you want your life? Well, let's say you're at your 50th wedding anniversary party and you're looking back on your marriage and your life. And what do you want to be able to have a discussion about at that party? Think about that. Like, do you want to look back and say, I'm so glad we watched Grey's Anatomy four times, or I'm so glad we sent each other 1 million memes over the course of our marriage. Like, no, you're not going to want to say that. You don't want to say like, oh, do you remember when we did this? Or do you remember when we talked about that? Do you remember when we felt that? You're going to want to have a more variety of memories and connection points other than, you know, we watched these shows or we sent each other these videos or I watched this many reels on Instagram. So having a discussion about that and having a clear vision, kind of like starting with the end in mind, I think can be helpful to just give the whole conversation some context. I love that. So yeah, how would you suggest going about that conversation? Like, let's say you want to bring this up with your Mm -hmm. husband. Where do you start from there? Yeah. So in couples therapy, we call it a soft startup. And if you can master the soft startup and keep the conversation calm and productive within the first three minutes, there's an 85% chance of the conversation ending well, if you can get the first three minutes right. So I love that statistic because it kind of, I felt a lot of hope when I learned that first, because I was like, oh, well, I can have a conversation go well for three minutes. Yeah, Um, much more manageable. (laughs) Yeah, it just kind of breaks it down. So the biggest pattern in communication that derails a conversation is the cycle of criticism and defensiveness usually. So criticism is when you say something in a way that either intentionally or unintentionally hurts your partner's character or points out like a character flaw, and then they're going to feel attacked and defend. It's a natural reaction we all have, and it's good and it's built in, but being aware of that. So things that make people feel like they're being criticized is trying to shame someone, passive aggressive comments, you know, saying something like, if you cared about me, you'd put your phone away. Like the intention there is to shame them into changing their behavior, Mm. not to build connection. So, you know, using I statements like, hey, I feel sad that we aren't spending more time together in the evenings. Or I noticed that my screen time was up this week and I want to bring it down. And I think maybe if we make this goal together, we would both be more successful just being really careful and thinking like, 
what are the odds of my partner taking what I'm saying as a criticism? Uh, and you know, everyone knows their partner best, right? And knows what their insecurities are and things like that. So just that's kind of something to think about. And then if your partner does get defensive, just get curious. Because, you know, again, you can't control their reaction, but you could get curious about it and just ask questions. Because a lot of times when our partner gets defensive, then we get defensive. And that's what turns into a fight. And that's what we're trying to avoid, right? We don't want to fight about phone use. We want to connect on it. So making a commitment to yourself that like, no matter what my partner says, I'm not going to get defensive can just be a helpful way in keeping those first few minutes focused on I statements and connection or pointing out what is going well, then usually you can have a productive conversation about like, hey, let's make some, you know, phone boundary times or phone boundary places in our house or you know, decide Wednesday nights, we don't use our phones or something like that, that you guys can agree on. And I love that deciding together. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of creating that shared vision. Cause that's something that when I've had this question before I've shared just like what's worked for me. And you kind of give an example of this as I've focused more on my own phone use and just trying to improve my phone habits. It's naturally become more of a conversation with my husband And because it's come from a place of like, I'm not trying to change you. I'm just trying to change myself. Can you help me? But I love this idea of making this a together thing. Like I want to connect more with you and you really matter to me. And so I think our phones are getting in the way of that. Can we talk together about some things we can do together? Anyways, I just feel like that's a next step for me in my relationship. For sure. And I love that. And thinking like, I think one of the biggest barriers is going on your phone and scrolling in the evenings or whatever is easy. It's literally right there and it gives you such a dopamine hit. So it's important to come up with a list, like maybe, you know, at the end of this discussion you have with your partner of like, you know, this, how this is affecting us and how we want to change, come up with a list and put it in your phone or write it and put it on your fridge or something of other things you can do, you know, after your kids go to bed or, you know, on a Sunday morning or whatever of other things you can do other than, be on your phones. Cause I think that's the biggest thing where it's like, you turn off your phones, you're like, okay, well, we don't have anything to talk about, or we don't have anything to do, or we don't have any money to do something. Totally. (laughs) Totally. And it just also made me think as you were talking, just the power of communicating. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it seems so simple, but like my husband and I have had conversations where he kind of needs time to decompress at the end of his workday. You know, after we get the kids down, he's not ready to chat. And so, Mm -hmm. and just that we're on the same page about that. Like he can Mm -hmm. like watch a few YouTube videos. I can do my own thing. And we're both intentional about being on our phones and then also being intentional about getting off of our phones. For sure. And I think that's a big thing that people bring up. And this is something that my husband has said to me too. It's like, I just need a break, you know, because my husband's a teacher. So he's interacting with people all day. And then he's a volleyball coach. So then he's interacting with like 30, 13 year old girls for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) And then he comes home and like me and my daughter are here like, give us all your attention and time. I don't want to talk and blah, blah, blah. And it's an adjustment. And I think there's just has to be boundaries on it. Like it's fine if people need time to decompress and you want to be the kind of spouse that gives that to your partner because you don't want them to be burnt out. But there's a big difference between 30 minutes or 45 minutes of decompressing and four hours. Yes. And it just so easily because of how, you know, this scroll is endless. You get into a doom scroll and then you're like, Oh, well, 
it's 10 30 time to go to bed so like setting alarms or having some kind of boundary like that can be just really helpful so that you get your time to decompress but it doesn't ruin your relationship (laughs) over time by never connecting yes and just making sure you're on the same page about it i remember this was probably a couple months ago but we had gotten our kids to bed and we were about to clean the kitchen and both of us were like we're kind of exhausted and don't really feel like talking right now we both agreed we were going to put our airpods in and clean the kitchen together and not talk to each other and like just that we were on the same page about it that mm-hmm. we were gonna i don't know yeah and i think what you were saying about the communication just makes it so that feelings aren't hurt you know like yeah. if my husband and i were cleaning the kitchen together and he just put his airpods in without telling me or telling me what he needed, I would be offended by that. Be like, don't you want to talk to me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's the communication and like communication is the bridge between where you're at and what you want in your marriage. It's that bridge that gets you to where you want to be. So saying the unsaid things uh, like, I need this extra time or I need your attention or I need some quiet time or whatever it is, is really the bridge to getting what you want and making your marriage better. I love that. Will you say that one more time? Yeah. Communication is the bridge from where your marriage is at and where you want it to be. I love that. Getting your needs met and all of those things. And yeah, the soft startup. I don't know if I really explained that well earlier, but let me recap because that I think is really the key. So a good soft startup, there's a few things to keep in mind. A soft startup to like a conversation. One, you want to make sure that it's a good time. Mm. If your spouse is in the middle of something or they've had a bad day or they're hungry or tired or angry, it's probably not a good time. So making sure it's a good time, approaching the conversation in a positive light, like, hey, I want to have a fun conversation about our phone use or, hey, I want to have a quick conversation about what we do in the evenings, things like that. And kind of painting the picture before you start the conversation so that's a little more enticing for your partner to participate. And then using a lot of I statements instead of you statements. So I statements like I noticed, I feel, I need, I'm struggling with, you know, fill in the blank instead of you statements, instead of like, you are always on your phone. You don't pay attention to me. You're hurting my feelings. That's going to encourage the defensiveness and your partner's going to feel triggered. And it's not going to be, that's not going to be the bridge to connection. It's the I statements. And if you know your partner's really sensitive, which you know, some people are, and sometimes we just kind of have to accept that sandwiching something like, Hey, I love you so much. And I think we need to use our phones less in the evenings because I love you so much, you know, kind of sandwiching a negative into positive things. So that's kind of a summary of the soft startup. And that's really the key to starting a good, helpful communication conversation. I loved that recap. And, And as you were talking, it made me think when you're going to go have this conversation, it's probably helpful to have a clear why behind mm-hmm. why you want you and your spouse's phone use to change. I think, you know, is it because you don't feel like he's emotionally present when you're sharing really hard things because he's on his phone? Or is it because you want to have more connection time in the evenings? Or is it because you feel like he's not taking care of the kids because he's on his phone? Just having a clear why behind that conversation And then you can go into that soft startup. Yeah. And I think we often don't get there. We're just not really sure what our why is because we don't spend the time to think or journal or ponder, talk to our therapist about it. Something that's really helpful is like, ask yourself why, and then ask yourself why again, like five times. So like, why do you want to use your phone less? 
think about that answer and then say, but why? Like be an annoying little four-year-old to yourself (laughs) and ask yourself why a bunch of times until you get to the root of it. And then when you express the root of it to your spouse and maybe some of the other whys as well, they're going to really understand because we don't change as humans unless we know that pain is being caused. Otherwise, our brain is like, why change? What I'm doing is keeping me alive. And that's the brain's whole goal. But we, uh, we can see that we've caused pain to someone else. Our brain is more likely to change and to remember and stick to boundaries and things like that. Wow. That's really cool. That's fascinating about pain. So do you have any specific ideas of certain boundaries that could be helpful for couples to implement? Yeah, I would definitely think about, well, yes, I have a variety of boundaries you can try. So one is boundaries with your thoughts. Remember, you can't control your spouse's phone use. You could use the perfect soft startup. You can express your deep why and you could not get defensive and your partner can still choose to scroll on their phone whenever they want to, right? So if you've done everything you can to express how you're feeling and maybe your partner slips up or they're having a bad day and they are trying to use their phone more than you want them to, have boundaries in your mind of like, I'm not going to think this way about my spouse, or I'm not going to insult them in my mind, or I'm not going to ruminate on their phone use in my mind because it's it's a waste of your energy, honestly. It's not going to get you closer to how you want to feel. So try out some other thoughts. So that's one boundary. That's something that you can completely control. But then some other boundaries you could try as a couple would be like maybe no phones in your bedroom or don't charge your phones in your room. So you're not like scrolling right before bed. That's one that has changed my life for sure. Maybe pick one night a week where you just don't have any phones after like seven or eight o'clock. And then also you could choose like no phones in the bathroom or no phones while you're driving or, you know, just pick different places because it's kind of like the the compound effect. Like if you decide to not scroll on your phones when you're in the car, then you're going to have some great conversations when you're in the car. And that's going to add up to improve your relationship over time. And if you do that in your car and then also in your bedroom, then those two places alone, just like over years will add up to be a more connected and more deep relationship. So Uh, those are some of my boundary ideas. I love those. And just like you said, the little small things make such a huge impact on your relationship mm-hmm. now and in 50 years when you're looking back at your life. Mm-hmm. And I especially love what you said about boundaries around your thoughts. Cause that's so easy to, yeah. Like you said, insult your, your spouse in your mind. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> even if it's not out loud, like it's still impacting things. For sure. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong with the talking to their spouse about their phone use is that, they feel hurt by their partner's phone use because of the thoughts that they've had in their mind of like, they don't care about me and that's why they're scrolling on their phone or something like that. And then they ruminate on that thought for a few days and the emotions get strong. And then that usually gives them the adrenaline rush to go talk to their partner about it. But they've already been having this discussion in their mind for days and they're super angry about it. So then they go in really intense, but their partner like is the first time they're hearing about it and you're at level 10 and they're like at level two. And then they feel attacked and then they get defensive. And so that's just something to keep in mind is that like, how long have you already been having this discussion and your partner is just starting this discussion. And so kind of keeping that in mind and just taking note of your intensity before you go into something. 
Totally. And I think it's easy for me to do that. And I almost, yeah, like you said, have the conversation in my mind and assume he's going to say certain things, even though he's not, Mm -hmm. but like I make up what I think he's thinking or he would say in this conversation. And then, yeah, it doesn't lead to a healthy or helpful conversation. For sure. For sure. And I was going to add one other thing too. If you want to make your boundaries stick, like your phone use boundaries to actually stick, yeah, then create other things. You know, if you create a void, you have to fill it with something else. So like yeah. if you decide you're going to stop using your phones on Wednesday nights or whatever, then create some fun activity you can look forward to in its place. Like maybe you make a bonfire in your backyard every Wednesday night instead, or you put conversation cards in your car and you do those instead of you know, just one of you scrolling and one of you driving or just kind of brainstorming some alternatives, alternatives you're excited about because like excitement and novelty really helps you keep new habits. I love that gap because you're not going to keep it if you don't have something to, to fill that for sure to to replace the phone use. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you want to add on this topic of our spouse's phone use? I think if it's something that you really want to work on long term and you and your spouse are, you know, in agreement with it, it's important to create times where you're going to check in on it. So like yeah. maybe every week, I don't know if you do like a weekly planning with your spouse or maybe at the beginning of every month or you know, something you're already doing, just checking in on it, be like, okay, how are we doing on our focus? Have we slipped up? Like what's our screen time like? Like go look at the numbers and the facts and just have a recurring discussion about it. It's probably not going to be a one-time thing. Yes. And that totally relates. I talk a lot more about like our personal phone use and Mm -hmm. it's really easy to get really excited about some phone boundaries we're going to implement and it goes well for the first little bit. And then real life happens. When we set goals, we tend to picture our ideal day, but most days are not ideal. And so it can just be helpful when you slip up to instead of like shaming yourself or just giving it up, really get curious about like, oh, what changes do we need to make? Is this not a realistic boundary to keep? Should we shift this or do we need to set a new boundary? I love that idea of just expecting that you're not going to be perfect as a couple with your phone use and then making a plan, like you said, for what to do when you're not perfect with those boundaries you're you're trying to implement. Yeah, exactly. And remembering that at the end of the day, you can't control your spouse's phone use. So let's say you make this goal and then in two weeks, you know, your partner is scrolling for longer than what you guys agreed on. And you're sitting there just waiting, (laughs) try to notice where your mindset's at. Like, have you slipped into a victim mindset? Are you sitting there just like staring at them scroll? Like, why don't you go do something fun? Uh, and have fun and show your partner like, hey, like they can scroll all they want. But if you control your phone use, you're going to set an example and your partner's going to see that you're getting lit up by new hobbies or accomplishing something or having fun in your life. And I think that will motivate them more than any shaming or passive aggressive comments that you might make. Yes. Getting out of that victim mindset. Mm-hmm. That I think is the biggest takeaway of this whole conversation is you can't control your spouse. And like you shared a lot of really helpful tips for what you can do to control yourself and to influence your spouse. But at the end of the day, you can only control 
your your phone use and your thoughts about your spouse's phone use. Yeah, exactly. Well, will you let my listeners know where they can find you? Yes, of course. So you can follow me on Instagram, myfriend.therapist. My website is my friend, the therapist, and I have uh, so many amazing resources for couples. I just launched an at-home date guide, which has a lot of ideas that could be alternatives to scrolling in the evening. So check that out. I also have a course called Mind and Marriage Makeover, where I teach people how to change their mindset and their thoughts about their spouse. That might be something that might be a helpful piggyback off of some of the things we've talked about today. I'm also on TikTok, but I have like 37 followers on TikTok, but (laughs) people are welcome to come and find me there. It's my friend, the therapist there, but Instagram is really where I'm at. I'll just say that Chelsea is one of my top five follows on Instagram. She's shares so many practical tips and she's just a light and you just feel like you're her friend, even though (laughs) it's online. And I'll also say that I have the at-home date guide and it is amazing. I'm in this stage of life where I have two little kids. And so we always talk about doing a date every week, but we never really want to pay for a babysitter every week. Anyways, (laughs) but these are some awesome, not only are like great ideas, but she gives you really practical things to make home dates a better experience. Anyways. I highly oh, recommend thank you that. So much for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, that is my current passion project right now. I think everyone needs it. I agree. <laughs> thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Chelsea. It's been a pleasure. I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values. We are the first generation learning to navigate this media-saturated society, and it is not easy. You don't have to be perfect, but as you are mindful, technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We're in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today, and I'll see you next week.